Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. Well, I think we've officially entered the rock concert portion of the podcast. That's right. That's right. Did you hear that go slow there for a second? I don't know what was going on. It's just going to play again. So, yeah. We're just going to rock out for the hour, I think. I guess so. If you you guys haven't realized it, we're testing new software. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast NCAA Edition Week 2 Picks. Uh, That was a wonderful intro that time. I hope it was as loud as it came out on our end as it is on your end. (laughs) Uh, With me today, Reese is always co-host, coming off a wonderful college football weekend. You have any opening thoughts? Oh, I'm excited about how some of these games turned out. Really interested and ready to talk about Colorado TCU. um, Ready to talk about those locks we play. we, We both performed much better this last week than we did in week zero. Uh, so hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Um, had a couple upsets that were interesting, uh, and you know, not to not to mention too early that your Knowles pulled one out. So yeah, I'm ready to get going here. Yeah, if uh, if you guys can't tell, my voice might sound a little different today. It was a rather Doke South crowd in in Orlando Sunday night. It was pretty amazing. Still trying to get the voice back, but we're gonna we're gonna battle through it. Uh, as Reese just mentioned, the picks. So week zero, there were only like seven games. I think we both were, I think we both got one, if I remember right. And I don't think either one of us hit our locks. Um, no, well, this week was correct. much better, much better week for us. I was 14 and 12. He was 15 and 11. And both of us hit our locks. And I believe last week I said, if you listen to anything, just listen to our locks and you'll make money. Well, that happened last week for sure. There we go. So, we're going to jump right in to my lock. It was the Thursday night game. I told you we were going to know quick. Uh, Florida was at Utah. Utah ended up winning the game 24-11 with a backup quarterback. Cam Rising was listed as the starting quarterback on the depth chart. Now, that was some nice uh, ploy by Kyle Winningham because he didn't play. He never even really got close to playing. And again, this week, he is listed as number one on the depth chart. So I'm kind of interested in that also. Uh, Utah's defense came out, held uh, Trevor Etienne to only 25 yards on seven carries and basically just led the show. We we talked about how Mertz was awful. He wasn't very good in the game. Uh, both of us had Utah. Both of us got a win there. You have anything on that game, Reese? No, I mean, it was a uh, it kicked off of the bang with that 70 yard touchdown on the very first play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Florida never really recovered from there. Not too much of a surprise to either of us. We had Utah winning kind of interested to see. Uh, how Utah plays as we continue on to the year. Yeah, and uh, we're going to continue with a Pac-12 battle here. Uh, Well, not battle, but another Pac-12 upset. Colorado was at number 17 TCU. TCU is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Last week when I was giving my prediction, I said Colorado could win this game. I think they're going to struggle later in the season, but they could win this game. Uh, Their defense was not good. But neither was TCU's, so it didn't really matter. Uh, Colorado ended up winning outright, 45-42. Uh, the Pac-12 debut of Shador Sanders, he went 38-47 for 510 yards and four touchdowns. It was a Colorado record. Uh, they had four receivers that ended up being over 100 yards, including a guy that I'm not too fond of, as we've mentioned before on here, Travis Hunter. He had 11 receptions for 119 yards, and he had one hell of an interception on defense, a diving pick, like the three-yard line going in. It was it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then TCU, like I said, Colorado's defense wasn't the best. TCU did have 541 yards while scoring 42 points. What were your thoughts on that game? It was a really, really fun game to watch. I kept flipping back and forth between that and, unfortunately, the the Ball State game, which was televised but was not a fun <laughs> watch. Um, they, they, we played really well the first quarter, and then it kind of went downhill from there. But, yeah, this Colorado TCU game, man, um, it was a blast. 510 yards coming out of Sanders, breaking a school record right off the bat. Uh, Travis Hunter, as you mentioned, was everywhere. I understand why you don't like the guy because he didn't go to your Knowles. Um 
I'm I'm a little bit more hyped and on Colorado right now than you are. Um, I, I agree with you that their their defense was a little lackluster, you know, giving up 42 points. But is it really going to matter if they're putting 56 points up a game? I mean, this is it's kind of the USC conversation, right? Like if if yeah. their offense is going to be that potent, then their defense has the ability to give up points. Um, now, don't get it twisted. TCU is not the TCU of last year, and they're going to have much tougher opponents. Uh, starting this week, they're going to have a tougher opponent than what they had in TCU, I believe. Um, but I'm excited to see what Colorado is going to do this year. Yeah, and we'll get into it when we get to the Colorado-Nebraska for the pick this week. We'll get a little bit more into it. But one thing that I do think, and Dion even kind of said it himself. He said, we have the athletes, but I need the linemen. He, need, he needs the big boys to come. And that's where a lot of my philosophy behind their season is going to go. I don't think that they have the depth to handle what this schedule is going to end up being. Now, right now, I'm fine with them. I think that they can beat – I mean, clearly they just beat TCU. I think they're good against Nebraska. USC is actually coming up soon. I think they can beat USC. It's when they get to the teams that can actually play defense and have great lines that I think they're going to struggle. Plus, the depth is going to be a factor at that point also. So, we're going to see a lot more we'll – go. Definitely going to be talking about this team all season long, whether it's good or bad. So we're going to have plenty more conversation when it comes to Colorado, especially later in this episode when we pick the Nebraska game. Uh, so I was wanting to know with my lock, Utah, the next game, Reese's lock. He had Penn State minus 20 and a half uh, against West Virginia. If anyone watched this game. <laughs> it's the, uh, the unnecessary touchdown saved us both. Right. With six seconds left, we'll call this the unnecessary, but very necessary to some touchdown. Uh, not only did it hit the cover, but it also hit the over, which is what I had bet on this game. So it was two very good, two very good things for both of us. Uh, Drew Aller made his debut 21 of 29, 325 yards for three touchdowns. Uh, wide receiver Keandre Lambert Smith had four for 123 and two touchdowns. And my guy Malik McLean found the end zone four for fifty-eight with a touchdown. Uh, I know it was probably a sweat for you, but what did you think of your Penn State team? Yeah, it was definitely a sweat. You and I were texting each other, and I got that text that like, oh, I can't believe they're not going for the field goal, and then they end up scoring the touchdown to to get it for both of us. So, um, it was a fun game. I mean, Penn State was in control the entire time. Drew Aller looked really good and efficient. Um, again, you know, looking forward to seeing what this Penn State team is gonna gonna do if they can continue to improve. Uh, is they're leading into uh, their first major matchup against Ohio State. I, I think they have a legitimate shot at potentially uh, winning the Big Ten Conference and going into the college football playoff. Yeah, especially, uh, I mean, it was week one, but they were also playing IU. But Ohio State definitely has some questions still. Uh, both quarterbacks are going to be playing again this week, Ryan Day announced today. So yeah. uh, we're going we're gonna to see what happens with them. But, the, yeah, that's going to be a very big game in a few weeks. Um, to flip this to West Virginia just for a second, if Duquesne contends with West Virginia this weekend, is that the end? Is the coach is Brown fired immediately? I I think so. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's if it's a close game and they still win it, like three point win. Yeah, I mean his pants are on fire at this point. Well, and he, I, he has no leash. I'm pretty sure after Duquesne, I think next week it's Pitt. So the backyard brawl, like I, I, it's not getting better for him. So with, what they need more than anything is to beat Duquesne by 50 this week, which we'll see what happens. Yeah, they, you're, you are correct too. They've got, they've got a pit at seven 30 on the 16th. So uh, what time is the Duquesne game? Is it a night game in Morgantown this week or is it a nooner? Uh, it's a 6 PM game. That's good. Everyone will be liquored up enough to have forgotten about <laughs> what happened in Happy Valley because the moonshine is going to be flowing in Morgantown for that one because, Jesus, no one – Neil Brown might you, die if that happens. Have you been to West Virginia? When is the moonshine not flowing? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> the electricity will at least be on for the few hours they're allowed to have it. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, moving along Sunday night in Orlando – you're muted buddy 
it even shows you muted on the thing. It shows your microphone's muted. It says I can't unmute your microphone because you chose to mute it yourself. Hello? Test? Here you, hey, there you are. How did that happen? All right. So I heard you say Orlando, and then you went dark. <clears throat> All right. So Sunday night, number five LSU. It was a two-and-a-half-point favorite versus Florida State in Orlando. Florida State ends up winning the game 45-24. Uh, halftime, this game was 17-14. Florida State was down. And then came out, a little bit of adjustment with the offense, put two backs in the backfield, and Brian Kelly had no idea. He, he acted like he just saw a monkey throw poop. He didn't know what was going on. They had no adjustment whatsoever for that. Uh, 31 unanswered until LSU had a meaningless touchdown with a minute left that literally was against our third string. Uh, Jordan Travis... He did what he does. He he did have a couple of boneheaded throws that I was not too pleased with him, but in the end, it all worked. He was 23 for 31, 342 yards, four touchdowns with one pick and definitely should have had two picks. He threw one right into the hands of the defense. Uh, he also rushed for 38 yards with a touchdown on a beautiful pull that he wasn't even reading the guy. He was reading the other defensive end. And when the other guy came, he I don't even, the spider sense apparently, he just backed out and was wide open. There was no one there. Uh, the Keon Coleman debut, we talked about him in the in the preview episode, transferring from Michigan State. Nine receptions, 122 yards, three touchdowns, and was virtually unstoppable in that game. Uh, with him, Johnny, Wil Johnny Wilson, seven, seven receptions, 104 yards. Uh, on the LSU side of it, Jaden Daniels was 22 of 37 for 347 yards with a touchdown and a pick, and then he rushed for 64 yards. Uh, big, really the key for LSU's offense, they hit a deep threat early. Wide receiver Brian Thomas had seven for 142 and a touchdown. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Florida State LSU game? Well, I mean, first and foremost, my thoughts were I was happy for you because I know you didn't have the best uh, track record at going to Florida State games. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad they were able to pull out a dub for you. Uh, Keon Coleman was extremely impressive. Uh, that that was that was a that was a hell of a way to start the season. Um, I don't have too much to add other than the fact that I thought the game was going to be closer than what it was. Uh, that, I mean, 31 unanswered is unheard of. And Brian Kelly had that team playing pretty well. I mean, all the way through last year, I mean, they finished the, the finished the year strong. There were a couple of points in time where their defense looked a little lackluster compared to their offense, but yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a closer game than what it was. Um, in fact, I, I flipped the channel, uh, for probably about 10, 15 minutes and went back to it. And I was like, what the hell happened? And then, you know, I just, that's when I started texting you to see where you were at. And I was getting all these live shots of the, of the game <laughs> and everything. It was a, a cool experience to, to hear all the Knowles fans chanting out there. Um, but yeah, I think this, I think this tells more about the Florida state team than it may necessarily say about the, the LSU team. Right. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think, Oh, sorry, I was just saying, I just think it all started from the very beginning of the game. LSU went right down the field. First play of the game was a huge wheel route by the running back for like 40, 50 yards. They got down inside the 10, and Florida State's defense made two great stands. Then they gave him a penalty on a late hit, which was absurd. It, they did not even push him down. He just fell down. Yeah. Gave him four more plays, and the defense came up and made i mean that was one hell of a stand to start the game and send the message and then they went down the field and scored with keon hitting that slant like it was it was just a hell of a turnaround for that start of the game to send that message and then once the second half came i mean the defense really came to life it was it was a beautiful thing to watch and especially after what happened last night with clemson i i don't think i could have had a better <laughs> a better weekend <laughs> when it comes to how i feel about the acc right now yeah, they, Dabo is Dabo yeah. is not agreeing with you right now. Yeah, he uh they were a 12 and a half point favorite and again last week we said they were turning a lot of guys this team is dangerous this is going to be a game. Well, it was a game. Duke won 28 to 7. Uh, and maybe it wasn't a game actually. Duke, that's, I was going to say that's not a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh quarterback Riley Leonard wasn't the best performance really 17 for 33 for 175 yards. Uh but he did have 98 yards rushing with a touchdown. Um, Cade Klubnick with the debut of the uh, <laughs> Garrett Riley 
I'm going to say Lincoln Riley. He was 27 of 43, 209 yards with a touchdown. Will Shipley did what Will Shipley does, 17 rushes for 114 yards. He had six receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. The big thing, though, Duke forced two fumbles in the red zone and blocked two field goals. So uh, the my favorite thing was the shot of the game of Klubnik going over to the sideline, Dabo trying to give him a high five, and he just kind of ran right by him. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> not something you normally see in Clemson. So I, I am very happy that they already have a conference loss. We're three weeks away from – well, two weeks from this Saturday from playing Clemson, what's going to be a huge game in Clemson. Uh, but we've got a few games before then. Uh, what were your thoughts on Clemson and Duke? Yeah, I thought the the defense of Duke was the the game changer in that game. A combination of that and the Clemson offense obviously couldn't get going. Uh, the Florida State-Clemson game suddenly doesn't look as difficult as it did to start the season to me. If, if Florida State keeps this momentum, I think it can get ugly quick. And, uh, you know, the, the, the only other thing that I really took away from it is at one point I flipped over to the game and they have, you know, they do the scans in the crowd and I have never seen so many sourpuss faces in that stadium. Like everybody was just like, what is happening right now? You know, and, and <clears throat> I, I know you're not a big fan of Dabo. Uh, no, I hate I him. I don't like or dislike the guy. Uh, he seems to be a, a decent, a decent human being and a motivator of. He is an absolute players, piece of shit. I, uh, <laughs> it he he seemed like he was trying to grasp at straws to get his team back in focus there towards the end of it, which is not something that I've seen for him because typically he's got his team under his wing, you know. So that's a little different than what we've seen in past in the past. Well, his his nil of God isn't quite helping him in the uh, offensive skill positions right now other than Will Shipley. So he might want to start thinking about NIL and transfer portal because his receivers suck. Like they, there is not one good receiver on that team when, I mean, this is a team that nuke Deandre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. I mean, they've had tons of talent at this school. I think they've been very good at receiver for the last, uh, since like 2013. So Mm -hmm. we're going 10 years. They've been solid receiver. And now they have, they're awful. And Shipley can't do it by himself. And with this new, I mean, and like I said last week, Cade Klubnik has not done anything yet. Like he gets hyped for what he, for being a good recruit, but he has not came on the field and done anything productive where I've been like, okay, this guy's an absolute stud yet. And to go 27 to 43 for 209 yards and one touchdown on a primetime stage on Labor Day, like you got to do a little more than that. That's why you lost. So, yeah. I, I'm, like I mean, it's going to be a game. When Florida State and Clemson play in a couple of weeks, it's going to be a game. I we should be undefeated at that point. We have got Southern Miss and then Boston College, and nah, if we lose one of them, we've got bigger issues. But um, I it's going to set up for a huge game, and with them already having a conference loss, that's also a huge deal when it comes to the conference championship now because uh, there are no conferences, so our divisions, I mean, so. Any other loss kind of eliminates them from. Yeah, I was going to say if they, Florida State contention. That's yeah, yeah. If they lose that game, they're they're not going to be in at the end. Nope. All right. Well, that pretty much sums up our recap for last week. We're going to start moving into our picks for week two. We are going to start off. Uh, normally, this team's going to be in our Muncie six pack, but apparently they want to make some money, so they're probably getting paid two million, three million for this game. Ball State is traveling to number one, Georgia. Uh, 43 and a half is the line. Mm-hmm. I think last week we said Georgia didn't get a line last week, but we said if they would have had one, we would have taken them by 50. 50 wouldn't have actually covered. They only beat UT Martin 48 to seven. Well, Ball State went to Lexington and lost to Kentucky 44 to 14. Uh, last week you took Ball State. What are, what is your, this week? <laughs> You know how many text messages I've gotten already about this damn game? Um, yeah, the, the the mighty fighting Ball State Cardinals are back on the road to visit the scrub Georgia Bulldogs. Um, you know, I we lost 44 to 14 last week in a game where we looked solid in the first quarter and then things really started to fall apart, giving up 20 unanswered, including two fumble recoveries and one of the the field goal um should have been a touchdown. They they the um, referee screwed up the call and called the play dead when Kentucky should have brought it back for a six. 
Yeah. Uh, off, offensive line struggled to protect the ball. Hatcher ended up getting replaced by Caden Simonza. It was serviceable, 15 for 21, 165. But all in all, Kentucky's defense woke up after the first quarter, and it wasn't pretty from there. This is obviously not a Kentucky team. I'm interested to see who's going to get the nod at QB on Saturday. All that said, I think Ball State may be able to put up at least 10 on the board. It'll probably come late, but I'm going to roll with my Cardinals in 43 and a half, man. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's probably going to be an L, (laughs) but I'm going to go with the the 43 and a half in Ball State. I, I respect the decision. I am I'm going with Georgia minus the 43 and a half just because I want to see I was not uh, we've talked about it I have a Heisman bet on Carson Beck I was not that pleased with his performance against UT Martin so hopefully maybe Ball State's just what he needs to come out and actually put up some real numbers and look like a Heisman candidate uh, so my official pick will be Georgia covering the 43 and a half uh, Youngstown State at number five Ohio does not have a line yet uh Last week, we didn't. They, the games that we said we were going to put on our socials, they never ended up having a line. So hopefully, this week, I think we'll get a little bit more when it comes to answers with uh, like quarterback and injuries and stuff like that. I think we're going to get some lines this week. So Youngstown State at number five, Ohio, and Delaware at number seven, Penn State are both going to be put on our socials once they have lines available. Uh, so we're going to move on. The next one that has a line, and this is actually going to be a fun game, I think. I've got friend uh carter big notre dame fan who's probably definitely going to be having a few maybe some some uh, things sent over from west virginia for this game so number 10 notre dame (laughs) is minus seven at at nc state at noon uh notre dame did beat tennessee state 56 to three last week and just an absolute thrashing um nc state beat uconn 24 14 I'm actually going to go ahead and just tell you I'm taking Notre Dame minus the seven. I loved what I saw from their offensive line and their defensive line so far. And I'm not sure NC State's ready to contend with that type of physicality. I'm taking Notre Dame minus the seven. Yeah, I think this is going to be their first real test playing NC State. Um, Irish defense has been very, very good the first two games. Hartman hasn't had the best performance in his uh, historically against NC State. He's got three career starts and I think six picks. So that's something worth, you know, considering here. I think this game may start a little slow for Notre Dame, but they're going to come out ahead in the second half. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Irish minus seven. All right. Uh, number 12, Utah minus seven and a half at Baylor. So last week, this game was looking like a huge game. Like I was like, oh, here we go. This is that typical trap game going down to Waco. Cam Rising, well, so we got all kinds of questions now because one, is Cam Rising playing for Utah? And two, how the hell did Texas State beat Baylor? So we've got, we're going into this one with quite a different opinion. Uh, Utah, as we talked about earlier, beat Florida 24 to 11 last week. Baylor was upset by Texas State 42 to 31. So Utah is minus seven and a half this week. I'm actually going to keep riding the Utah train like I did last week. I still think I love their defense. And if, it, Cam Rising was listed at number one on the depth chart, like I said earlier. I, who knows? Because he was last week also. But I still like what I saw from the backup quarterback and even the the runner, the third string. I think his last name was Johnson. I can't really remember. But I liked what I saw from him and his little limited time he had. So, again, I'm sticking with Utah minus the seven and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, like you said, the big question is, will Cam Rising play? The second question is, does it really matter? You know, Baylor's defense just gave up 440 yards to Texas State, and they lost their quarterback for the next two to three weeks of the MCL yep. injury. So I don't see this being much of a contest. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Utes minus the seven and a half. The men of Troy coming in to Kansas State, number 15 ranked this week, and they are a minus 15 and a half for a noon game. Troy beat Stone Cold last week, Stephen F. Austin, 48 to 30. Kansas State beat Southeast Missouri State 45 to zero. I'm going to say it every week. This is one of my teams. I'm not going to not back them. Give me Kansas State minus the 15 and a half. Troy is a very good team, though. I will say that, but I still like what Kansas State's done so far. I'm sticking with them. Yeah, like you said, coming off a 48 point win against lawyer slash professional wrestler slash apparent lumberjack Stephen F. Austin. (laughs) Um, Gunner Watson looks solid. He went 14 for 22 for four touchdowns. 
That said, Kansas State's not Stone Cold University. The Will Howard-led team here performed lights out. They had almost 600 yards of offense, even if it was against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, Kansas State continues the momentum at home here, so I'm taking Kansas State's cover. One other thing to note there, because I'm sure no one watched Kansas State, Southeast Missouri State, but Will Howard had a passing, a rushing, and a receiving touchdown in that game. That's very Travis Hunter. He's better than Travis Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we talked about this game a little bit earlier. Speaking of Travis Hunter, Nebraska is going to Boulder, the home opener for prime number 22 ranked from unranked to 22. And if you heard me last week at the end of the episode, I said one thing. I said, there's three lines to watch for jump on these early. They make no sense. Nebraska was a seven point favorite at the end of the episode last week. Well, that how the, how that has swung a nine and a half point swing because Colorado is now a minus two and a half point favorite. Uh, Nebraska went to Minnesota and lost 13 to 10 while Colorado defeated TCU 45 to 42. Where are you leaning for this one? Yeah, all it took was one week for the bus to get ranked, right? It didn't take long for them to get noticed. So we'll see how they perform when they've got some larger expectations on them. Um, you know, if anybody is going to be able to get this team prepped, it's prime time. Again, this time it's against Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, who just came off a pretty tough 13-10 loss. Sims threw three picks against the Golden Gophers. Colorado's defense has a bunch of playmakers. I'm going with Colorado minus the two and a half here. That is also where I'm leaning just because I I wasn't traveling yet when Nebraska played Minnesota, so I actually unfortunately got to watch all of that game. And My God, that was awful. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw Jeff Sims when he was at Georgia Tech, and I didn't like him then. He actually was a one. He was a Florida State commit at one point, and then he went to Georgia Tech, and he was he was not good there. And I'm not honestly sure why that's where Rule went in Nebraska, but maybe that was all he had. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Colorado, and I even at two and a half, I I'm shocked by this line. I think this is not. I I think it's just because they had it set so high the other way to begin with, but. To me, like, how is Colorado not a 10-point favorite in this game? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, this is this is actually my lock for the week. I, I Yeah, I assumed. I, I I honestly, I didn't lock it just because I assumed you were going to. But, yeah. yeah, when I looked at it, I'm like, this is, to me, easy money. Like, if Nebraska wins this game, next week's going to be real interesting on, this episode, on our episode because we're going to have a lot to discuss. Yeah. I, I see no reason this game should be close, but we'll see what happens. Um. In a true travesty of college football, why is Clemson still ranked? Charleston's and they're playing Charleston Southern for Christ's sake. So Charleston Southern is at number 25 Clemson this week. They put that game at 215 for a reason. No one's watching it. All right. We're not picking that. It doesn't have a line yet. And hopefully we don't have to pick it too long. But that's what I say with pre or early season rankings. There's no reason Clemson should still be ranked after that performance. So a big game with two people that I can't really stand anymore. Number 23, Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, minus four and a half, is traveling to Miami. 3.30 kick. Uh, A&M did come out and do what we said we would like them to, or would like to see them do. They beat New Mexico 52 to 10. We saw what the offense could do. It was rolling. Uh, Miami, on the other hand, came out and beat Miami of Ohio, a max school, 38 to 3. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, Texas A&M won this game, I think, 17-9 to last season. I don't think it's going to be quite this close. Uh, the Aggies held Mexico to 10 points with Petrino, and, and the uh, quarterback's marriage seems to be going smoothly so far. I think the Aggies will keep it rolling here, so I'm going to take A&M on the road, minus the 4.5. I'm with you on that with A&M minus 4.5. And, and, yeah, that game last year was surprisingly closer than it ever should have been. I know A&M didn't have the season they wanted, but I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, that game was in like some heavy rain at College Station. I know there was yeah, something I think going so. on with rain. But. It's a, A&M had a lot of games that shouldn't have been close. They ended up being close or they lost <laughs> last year. So Right. All right. UNLV traveling to Ann Arbor, number two, Michigan. Michigan, a 36.5 point favorite, 330 kick. UNLV defeated Bryant 44-14, to what I'm sure was a highly contested battle. Uh, Michigan played the Pirates. East Carolina beat them 30-3. to I am going to take the 36 and a half. Give me Michigan. 
Okay. Yeah. Game one for the Wolverines went well without Harbaugh, despite not covering the spread. There are some questions about Michigan's pass rush and the rushing attack. I think they only averaged like 3.9 yards per carry last week against that team. So, um, some people in Ann Arbor, I, I guess, are throwing some question marks up in the air. But, you know, UN, UNLV started the season running the ball well, converted on nine to 15 third downs in their first game. Michigan's going to get this W, but I think UNLV can potentially do some ball control and keep it a little closer. Uh, so I'm going to take the 36 and a half in UNLV on this. I, I think it's going to be a big win for Michigan, but I don't know that they're going to get up to 36 and a half. All right, we've got a top 25 battle next. Number 20, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. They are minus seven, traveling to Tulane, number 24 ranked this week. Uh, Ole Miss put an absolute beating on Mercer, uh, 73 to seven last week. While Tulane, I, I, last week I talked this game up a little bit. I said I like South Alabama. I, I, I picked them to cover, and I thought it was going to be a much better game. Tulane came out in 37 to 17. I mean, they, they did what they continued their run from last year, they just kept it going. And I, I, I honestly don't want to do this, but I'm taking Ole Miss minus the seven this week. But this is not Tulane winning. I mean, they're at their home field. Tulane winning this game wouldn't shock me at all. No, yeah, this kind of feels like a trap game. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Michael Pratt is probably going to be an NFL quarterback sooner than later. Very, very good green wave defense against a Lane Kiffin, Kiffin group that just put up 73. Jackson Dart looked good with four touchdowns. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins looked really, really good. Um, I I think it's going to be a good game, and it's going to be tough with this being a seven-point spread, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to pick Lane Kiffin and, and Old Miss here to cover the seven. All right, so we're heading to Seattle. Tulsa on the road at number eight, Washington, minus 34 and a half, 5 p.m. kick. Uh, my Washington team that I, I love and talk about every week beat the absolute shit out of Boise State last week. <laughs> and like I said, I said, I I don't think Boise State's defense can handle this, and I don't think Boise State's offense can handle Washington's defense. And they didn't. 56-19, uh, to 19, Washington beat Boise. And, I, well, we're, we'll talk about Boise here in a few minutes with the UCF game, but it seems like it's hurt their fan base a little bit, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, Tulsa, on the other hand, did beat Arkansas Pine Bluff 42-7. to 7. Uh, 34 and a half does not seem like enough for me. Uh, I, uh, my God, what, what they were doing on offense at Washington, I don't see that being stopped. And I'm not sure Tulsa can score 20 like Boise did. So give me Washington to cover the 34 and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Penix looked like an absolute stud last week, keeping himself in the Heisman conversation early with 450 and five touchdowns. Last week, they won by 35, which puts them just over this week's spread, but I don't think Tulsa's a better team than Boise State is, so I'm taking Washington at home to cover. All right, we've got a battle in North Carolina. App State traveling just a couple hours over to Chapel Hill for number 17, North Carolina. North Carolina is minus 18 and a half at a 515 kick. Um, App State did beat Gardner Webb 45 to 24, where North Carolina beat South Carolina 31 to 17. North Carolina was very impressive. Um, I'm taking them minus the 18 and a half, and we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, Tar Heels defense showed up last week against Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks. Drake May looked as good as expected. App State's Joey Aguilar did throw four touchdowns last week, but that was against Gardner Webb. Um, NC and App State have played twice in the past four years, and a couple of those games were decided by like a combined five points, which makes this game a little bit more interesting because App State seems to play North Carolina pretty well. I think North Carolina is going to win this, but I don't know that they're going to cover the spread. So I'm going to take App State in the 18 and a half. All right. Uh, the horse team, SMU, traveling to Oklahoma, which is number 18 this week, minus 16 and a half for a 6 p.m. kick. Uh, the horse team beat La Tech 38-14 last week, while Oklahoma just absolutely did bad things to Arkansas State, 73-0. I am I, I liked what I saw out of Dylan Gabriel. I like what I see out of Oklahoma's defense. I I will continue this. Uh, give me Oklahoma minus the 16 and a half. Yeah, Venables and company came out and made a statement. Uh, you know, it was Arkansas State, but 73 to zip is still a statement game, regardless of who you're playing. The horse team's a better opponent than Arkansas State, but Oklahoma showed they can score in multiple ways while be supporting with an improved defense, being supported with an improved defense over last year. So I'm with you. I'm taking Oklahoma minus the 16 and a half. 
Newly ranked Duke, number 21 on the polls in their debut. Uh, 6 p.m. kick at home against Lafayette. There is no line there, so check the socials for that one also. Uh, this one, another interesting one last week we talked up to be a, a potential huge game, even a trap game for Oregon going on the road to Texas Tech. So we got number 13, Oregon, minus 6.5 at Texas Tech, 7 p.m. kick. Now, Oregon, they handled their business at home last week. Portland State, they beat them 81-7. to Texas Tech, though, uh, I said last week, why are they going there? Why are they playing this game? This makes no sense. And they went to Laramie, and they got beat by Wyoming in double overtime, 35-33. I, I still don't understand why they, they should have never went there. That's not where they should. They got what they asked for. Um, and that actually flipped my opinion on them. Going last week when I was talking, reading into this game, I, I was pretty big on Texas Tech. A former Oregon quarterback coming to Lubbock. That said, the signs say Texas Tech there. After what Oregon showed on offense, I'm going to take Oregon minus the six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Tech's coming off the shocker of a loss, but um, Bo Nix and company, they're going into Lubbock to prove that last week wasn't an exception. So I'm with you. I'm quacking all the way to this six and a half spread and taking the Ducks <laughs> to win. All right. And the big one, number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama. <laughs> Is Texas going to Texas? That's the question. Alabama is minus seven, 7 p.m. kick. Texas came out and beat Rice 37 to 10. Bama beat Middle Tennessee State 56 to 7. Um, I would say neither. I Both of them knew it was their tune-up game. Neither one of them really were trying to do anything too impressive. Um, I, I still don't think we have Bama's full answer at quarterback. It seems like um, Milrow is probably going to be the starter again, but who knows if that's the full time. Um, I'll actually let you pick this one first. I'm interested to see who you pick. I have a feeling who you're going to pick, but who Alabama <laughs> minus seven versus Texas. Yeah. So the first, the first thing I wanted to say here is that I find it hilarious that Alabama is returning the favor from Texas's act last year and sticking their 5,000 fans in their band in the upper deck of Brian yeah. Denny stadium awesome. because they don't have to follow the sec rules yet, which yep. Uh, I actually read just before the show here that the Longhorn band is not even coming to the game now because of that. So very funny. Um, I think the difference in this game is going to be yours. He still has not figured out how to throw the deep ball. Last week, he went 0 for 7 when he was passing over 20 yards in a game that could easily see 60 plus points scored. That can hurt the Longhorns. Texas going to Texas here. I'm going to take Bama at home minus seven. Yeah. And so my thoughts on this game just because I, I, in the previous episode, I said Texas has one of the best rosters in college football, but they're Texas. That was our big conversation is what will they do? My thing is with this game is I'm Alabama's offense hasn't proven enough to me yet. And I mean, I know it's limited, but I still think Texas has enough on defense to be able to stop what they're doing on offense right now. I don't think that the, the run heavy is going to work against a team like this. Bama might still win the game. I just am not sure they can win it by seven or more. I will take Texas plus the points, but I do anticipate this to be a great game. Yeah, if this if this line would have been six and a half, I'd have been a little bit more confident in it. But the fact that it's seven makes me a little bit more concerned. But yeah, I'm still going with Bama. So we saw the debut of the Dairy Raid last week, and my God, they ran all over the field. Like we said, Dairy Raid doesn't necessarily mean they're just going to air it out and sling it all over the place. They are traveling to one of the toughest places to play in college football this week. They're going to Pullman, Washington, number 19, Wisconsin, minus six and a half at Washington State, 730 kick. Wisconsin beat Buffalo 38 to 17, while Washington State beat Colorado State 50 to 24. I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. I think Wisconsin can still be too physical for Washington State. That environment is going to be crazy, though. As long as the environment doesn't become something and there's good weather and everything's fine, I think Wisconsin covers this. Probably like a 10-point win for Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I actually think that this is going to be a 10-point spread, which is what's going to end up happening here. Uh, Luke Fickle bringing in that ground-heavy approach. The key to Wisconsin winning this game is going to be to keep the ball out of Cam Ward's hands uh, in that up-tempo offense, and I think that can control the environment a little bit because if Wisconsin controls the time of possession, then that'll keep the crowd quiet, right? So I think it's going to be a tight one, but I, I think Wisconsin uh, takes this. So I'll take Wisconsin minus the six and a half. Yeah, I think one of the keys there, Wisconsin needs to score early. 
they they've got to don't keep it close late because that will become a huge factor. Yeah. Yeah. Because Washington State can put points up quick. Yeah. Uh, next game, we do not have a line for um, someone fell to number 14 after a loss in Orlando. LSU 730 kick uh, facing Grambling. Probably be a good band performance, but I don't know. The line's probably going to be 50 on that game. Uh, that will be picked on the socials if a line does ever come out. But on the other hand, another team is now number four in the nation. Team in Tallahassee, Florida State, a 30.5 point favorite against Southern Miss. I'm not a fan that this is an 8.30 kickoff. I, give me a 7. I don't want 8.30. Uh, Southern Miss came out. They beat Alcorn State 40-14. to Knowles beat LSU 45-24. Uh, what is your pick for this game? I mean, I we already discussed this. This Knowles team looks good, really good. And how they reacted in the second half uh, coming off of that the game with LSU, I think says a lot about this team. Um, unfortunately for Southern Miss, they're playing their first official game at home coming off this victory um, against Brian Kelly and the Bayou Bengals. So I think the Knowles keep it chopping here and cover the 30 and a half. Yeah, I'm going with Florida State too. The only thing I really can say it is a short week now um and you're gonna have that hype of what just happened it's like usually there is a little bit of a letdown there i still think 30 and a half is i this offense should just absolutely obliterate southern miss's defense so unless southern miss happens to score like 20 points i think it's a pretty easy cover yeah i guess it depends on how quickly your first and second string guys get pulled out right uh, UC Davis is going to go on the road to Corvallis, number 16, Oregon State, 9 p.m. game. We do not have a line for that one yet either. Again, that'll be a social pick, but I guarantee there is one guy in Corvallis, Oregon right now with a big smile on his face watching his former team after that loss Monday night because he was taking a lot of blame for their their issues last year on offense, and it um, seems maybe it wasn't him. So DJU, hopefully you have another good game at Oregon State. He actually was really good last week also. Uh, Stanford, one of the worst teams in the nation, traveling to L.A., number six now, USC, a minus 29 and a half, 1030 kick. Uh, Stanford did actually go to Hawaii, though, and get a win, 37-24. Well, USC beat Nevada 66-14. to um, like, I don't think Stanford is worth anything, so I will take USC minus the 29 and a half. Yeah, Trojan offense is rolling right now. They're averaging 61 points a game, so you couple that with the fact that Hawaii just went for – 355 and three passing touchdowns against Stanford. See, Will's going to light it up on these dudes. So, yeah, he's easier spread to cover than the last two weeks. Um, these teams are familiar with each other, but I don't see Stanford keeping this game close. So, I'm taking USC minus 29 and a half. All right. All right. We got one of my favorite games of the week coming up next. It's a Friday night battle. Illinois traveling to Kansas. Kansas is minus three. Uh, last week, Illinois did beat your Toledo team 30 to 28, but Toledo did end up getting the cover while Kansas beat Missouri State 48 to 17. Uh, Kansas, like we've talked about before, they brought back a ton of players, huge returning production. Uh, I, in this home environment on a Friday night, I love what this is going to be. Give me Kansas minus the three. Yep, right there with you. Jayhawks won convincingly last week. Illini uh, barely slipped by Toledo. Looks like the fighting Illini defense has taken a step back from last season, which gives the Jayhawk offense a chance to get rolling early. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Kansas minus three. All right. So we're going to go to Iowa minus three and a half at Iowa State. 3.30 kick. Um, hopefully. The worst the trophy. Yeah, what, the Cyhawk? The Cyhawk trophy. It's yeah. the dumbest thing ever. Well, I think it should just be turned into a big, uh, I don't know what a good gambling logo is, but it seems like everyone in both of these teams just seem to have gambling issues. So <laughs> they, uh, let's see. Iowa beat Utah State 24-14. Iowa State's coming off a Northern Iowa win 30-9. Um, I'm actually just going to go with Iowa minus the three and a half. Iowa, I know, I think last year, somewhat recently was the first time Iowa State has beat them in like 10 years. So. I, I'm going to stick with Iowa. I think that their offense has a little bit more firepower this year, and I'm ready to see um, what they can do with the Cyhawk Trophy as they take it back. <laughs> yeah, Cyhawk Trophy up for grabs here. Um, this is the I I like watching this game just because they've been playing since the 1800s, which is 
just interesting to me. Their first game was in 1894. Um, Hawkeyes have won five of the last six, but they've only won by an average of six in their last four games. So Iowa State tends to keep it close. I think this is a little bit of a toss-up, especially with it being at Iowa State. Um, I'm going to go with the Hawkeyes to cover the three and a half, but I won't be surprised if this game flips. I would stay away from it from a betting standpoint. Or just bet the under like the punters do. <laughs> so uh, Purdue at Virginia Tech, Vatech minus three noon game. Purdue coming off the loss to Fresno State, 39-35. Vatech beat Old Dominion, 36-17. to actually kind of like what I saw out of Purdue. Um, I watched the game just because of Fresno. And I, Vatech is not, I, I'm actually shocked Vatech is favored here. I think it might just be a home field thing here, why they're favored, but I think Purdue wins this game outright. I, I will take Purdue. Yeah, I'm right there with you. They lost a heartbreaker against Fresno last week while Virginia Tech took the dub against Old Dominion. It's a tight spread, but yeah, I'm going to take uh, Purdue to win this one. This one we threw in just because uh, UMass got their first win and then proceeded to get murdered by Auburn. So I'm interested to see if we can actually get back on track with UMass or if it's back to the same where we bet against them every week. Uh, Miami of Ohio, minus six and a half at UMass. Now, Miami of Ohio lost to the Hurricanes of Miami last week, 38 to three. UMass went to Auburn and lost 59 to 14. Um, I said week one, I bet against UMass every week of the year. They proved me wrong that week. Came back last week, so I think this will be the true test. I am actually going to take Miami of Ohio minus the six and a half just to hope that the UMass train continues. Yeah, yeah. Came into the year talking mad shit, and then they threw up 41 on New Mexico State. But I know. Yeah, it didn't didn't it come to fruition last year or last week against Auburn. They got clobbered. You know, home game for UMass, which I honestly didn't even know they had a home <laughs> football field. Yeah, like, I thought uh, maybe they just, like, went to play at another stadium close by. I think um, they play yeah. at the Country Village Pool. That's yeah. The- <laughs> It's all making more sense now. Uh, yeah, so home game for UMass, but I think the Red Hawks come out swinging here. I'm going to take Miami of Ohio minus the six and a half. All right. I made mention of this game earlier. So UCF minus three and a half at Boise State. Boise State has put all kinds of stuff out. They are having a lot of trouble selling tickets to this game, which I find crazy because Boise State's one of those home atmospheres. Like they went a few years ago, they'd gone forever without even like losing at home. Like that was the place you, you didn't go because you lost. Well, UCF has a very high-powered offense. Uh, I just saw what Washington did to Boise State last week. Uh, UCF beat Kent State 56-6, while Boise lost to Washington 56-19. Uh, I think UCF rolls all over them. Uh, give me UCF minus the three and a half. The only way Boise State contends is if their offense comes out and puts up like 40 points. Then we're talking a different story, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'll take UCF minus the three and a half. Yeah, I, I did read that uh, UCF is preparing for this game by practicing on a blue turf, which I thought was funny. Uh, but yeah, another, another dual threat, uh, dual threat, excuse me, QB in, uh, Plumlee with UCF. It's probably going to spell trouble for Boise state. So I'm taking UCF minus the three and a half. Auburn making an interesting road trip out to Cal Auburn minus six and a half at Cal 10 30 kick. Also, um, like we just talked about, they did beat UMass 59 to 14 while Cal beat North Texas 58 to 21. I actually really like what Cal's been doing. I love their defense. I'm going to take Cal with the upset. Uh, give me them plus the six and a half, but I, I think we might be talking a money line pick there. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Auburn won pretty convincingly last week against UMass. We just talked about the Cal also won convincingly against North Texas. It should be an interesting game, but Auburn plays a late one on the road, man. 1030 start time is not going to be easy. Uh, you know, Cal can stick around with tough opponents. I think this could be a trap game for Auburn. So I'm, I'm sticking with you. I'm going to go Cal plus the six and a half. All right. We're closing out the Muncie six pack, six packs with Oklahoma State minus three and a half at Arizona State, 1030 kick. Uh, Oklahoma State beat Central Arkansas 27 to 13, while Arizona State beat Southern Utah 24 21. Uh, Arizona State's just a little too young for me still. I, I like Oklahoma State minus the three and a half. I, it's not going to be a tough environment at Arizona State. Um, I do love what their offense is doing, but I still think Oklahoma State has the experience. So I'm taking them to cover. Yep, I'm with you. Oklahoma State took this matchup last year, 34 to 17. It was a rainy Saturday night in Stillwater. Uh, Cowboys were ranked, I think, in the top 15 at that time. They're not ranked this year, but I don't think that matters. I'm taking Oklahoma State minus the three and a half. All right, so it's time for our lock for week two. I know you mentioned it already. Go ahead and throw it out there again. What was your lock for week two? 
going with the primetime team going to have uh the colorado buffs um at home against nebraska they're currently sitting at minus two and a half lock that all day long i've got the colorado team winning that game i i'm gonna second that that's not my lock just because we're not locking the same game here but i i'm with you it, to me that's one of the easiest picks of the week uh, my lock i'm taking texas a&m minus the four and a half at miami i, I miami yeah, they they beat Miami of Ohio. Wonderful. That's nothing that should have made that line be that low. I think Texas A&M is easily a nine-point favorite in this game. I, I love what the offense is going to look like. I don't think Miami can handle it. Give me A&M minus the four and a half for my lock. Hopefully, we come back with uh, two and one. We'll actually have winning records instead of being 500 on both. Anything else hope. you want to throw in for week two? No, nah, man, I just hope that our, our week one momentum continues into week two and we just continue to to leave week zero in the dust. So yeah, week zero is bad. But yeah, 14 and 12 I was. He was 15 and 11. So very good records for the week last week and roll those into week two. Um, that's pretty much it. Then if there's nothing else, we'll see you guys next Tuesday for another NCAA football edition of the Tuesday Night Touchdown podcast. Don't forget the social medias is Two's night TD podcast, T U E S N I G H T T D P O D. There's it Potter podcast on the socials actually. Podcast, pod. right? It is pod. just pod. So yeah. two's night touchdown pod. T U E S N I G H T T D pod. Follow those for our picks for the games that don't have lines. And then, like I said, always send us your lock of the week also, and we'll mention it on the show. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for us. He is Reese. I am Jacob. We will see you guys next week with another wonderful edition talking about the death of Clemson. (laughs) Have a good week. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Good gambling.